0: Well, Hello there everybody. How are you guys doing, huh? Happy innovators. Sitting here in my studio, watching the sun come up. It's about 6 in the morning. And, uh, you know, it's dark when I wake up and... Uh, it's kind of cool sometimes to just sit here and uh, look out the window, you know, and just watch the light, you know, behind the trees coming up you know out of the dark sky it's kind of a nice a nice thing to watch you know sunrises um and you know last night you know my wife and i were watching uh the cleveland browns versus the pittsburgh steelers football game uh on television and uh You know about the beginning of the second half of the game you know the browns our team the team we were rooting for was winning and uh we were kind of tired so we decided that we would just go to bed and see who won in the morning but you know it's kind of cool like uh one of the coolest things about my wife is that she likes sports as much as i do you know so um so we were watching the Browns game, and we went to bed, and I woke up this morning and uh, you know, checked to see who had won. And I was happy to find out that the Cleveland Browns had won the game. And uh, I started to kind of watch some of the spectators, you know, the talking heads um, discussing the game and what had happened, and it turns out that uh, something happened last night after we went to bed during the course of this game actually right towards the very end of the game um, a fight broke out on the field and one of the players from the Cleveland Browns tore the helmet off of the quarterback from the Pittsburgh Steelers and hit him on the head with his helmet Now. It actually sounds kind of funny when I articulate it you know but when you stop to think about what actually happened it's actually a very serious offense and uh, why am I talking about it well one because I'm sitting here kind of like in shock okay and uh, I understand that you may not care about you know football in the United States of America you know, the National Football League, but like I've said to you before in previous podcasts, it matters to me and it matters to my wife. I mean, we both enjoy sport. You know, actually, we've been getting into uh, hockey a lot this year and, um, of course, football, because we both grew up in Cleveland, and Cleveland is a football town. Um, You know, it's cultural there, even though our team technically has always kind of sucked. There's been some high points and some low points, but it's uh, a history that both my wife and I share. But uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of sitting here in shock just and thinking about it, really. Like, what does that mean that we live in a time where, you know, on the field of sport, on the, you know, the field of competition, um, you know, after the play is over, Uh, There's a fight that breaks out and turns into what could be potentially, I guess, you know, assault or attempted murder even. You know, you got a guy who weighs 300 pounds. He's, you know, six feet, almost seven feet tall, you know, and uh, he grabs a steel helmet, rips it off someone's head and then hits them on the skull with that helmet. Uh, Wow. You know, I don't know what to say. I guess it has me thinking about that whole concept of the idea of anger you know and rage you know the idea of getting angry and losing your cool you know losing your temper is typically looked down upon you know and that's true i mean and it's that's how it should be right we should always try to maintain our composure and not lose our cool and not get angry or violent or loud and yelling at people. But, you know, sometimes I think anyway, it's good to get really angry, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with losing your temper. Sometimes. I mean, I know for myself anyway, it doesn't happen very often. You know, I don't lose my temper very often, but I have in the past, you know, and it's a very visceral emotion, you know, and uh, it gets the blood pumping, you know, it gets your juices flowing. I mean, when you get really angry, I mean, think about it, right, because I'm sure, you know, if you're a human, you're alive and you're breathing. Right. At some point in your life, somewhere down the line, you lost your temper, (laughs) you know, like someone just pushes those buttons, man. And they just piss you off, you know, and, uh, you just, you get to the point where you just can't take any more, you know, now everybody has a different threshold, uh, for that know everybody has a different limit and you know I can speak for myself I can say uh, you know it probably takes a lot to get me to the point where you know I'm fighting mad you know I'm like angry enough to fight somebody you know and uh, I'll tell you what you know you don't ever want to go into like a fight or something, you know, a physical altercation with somebody if you're not angry. You know, at least for me anyway. Well, you know, okay. Over the course of my life, I've probably gotten into probably something like 10, like real physical fist fights, you know? Um, I actually used to work as a bouncer in a nightclub and, uh, I would say that that's where the majority of my fight experience took place. But, um, I got in a few fights when I was young and, uh, I'll tell you what, I only lost one fight in my life. And oh my goodness, did I lose that fight? (laughs) I got my butt kicked, but you know what? When I look back on it now, uh, well, one, I laughed because it was just stupid, but a lesson was learned. That, um, you know, I went into that fight uh, not because I was angry, okay? Not because I had been wronged, okay? It was because somebody that I cared about had been wronged, but I wasn't really angry, okay? And I was more fighting for pride, And, uh, wow, big mistake, big mistake, Mike (laughs) got my ass handed to me, you know, but that was the only fight I ever lost and, um, you know, fighting, like I said, there's something cathartic, you know, about every once in a while losing your temper. You know, maybe once a year, you know, or once every couple years, you know, like someone or something happens and you just get so fed up, you know, like so angry that, uh, <laughs> you lose your cool. And, uh, yeah, that's happened to me. It's happened not as much now, now that I'm getting older and, you know, I guess at this stage in my life, it's like, who really needs any of that crap, you know? But uh, I suppose, you know, you can be angry without getting into a physical fight. And I suppose maybe that is what I'm really talking about. Not so much the physical altercation and, you know, physically fighting somebody. But that idea of losing your temper, I mean, it's okay sometimes to be you know, sad, you know, like really sad and you cry, you know, that's okay. You know, that it's good to, uh, experience your emotions, you know, um, in a very complete way. Have you ever thought about that? You know, like when you're really happy and you're having fun, um, have you ever kind of stopped to think like it's good to be happy? And it's good to feel happy, like really happy, you know, and, you know, to pay attention to the ebb and flow of that emotion, you know, um, I think about it, you know, I do, I do. I think about it, uh, mostly when I'm experiencing an emotion completely, you know, thoroughly, you know, and... That's not just for anger and happiness. It could be, and and sadness too. It could be, um, confusion or embarrassment or, um, you know, sympathy for someone else or grief over having lost someone or something like it's, it's a good, healthy thing to do to accept the idea of experiencing the full gamut of human emotions, you know? And maybe that sounds weird or maybe that sounds obvious to you. I don't know. I mean, I guess to a certain degree, I have to kind of think to myself, well, you know, I am an artist and a musician. I mean, historically, we are, you know, hypersensitive or something or, we you know, pay attention to stuff like that, you know, things like emotions and stuff, and we work in that realm, you know? And it sounds a little corny to me. I guess it's true to a certain degree. It's a stereotype, you know, but there is some truth to stereotypes, even though they are not necessarily the most accurate way of perceiving a person or something. um, There's some truth to it, I guess. So maybe that's part of my deal. You know, I pay attention to these small, stupid things that people don't. Uh, normally pay attention to and I'm obviously at this point you know I mean I'm living this life that's like way outside the boundaries of anybody else I know I don't know too many people that are thinking like I do (laughs) you know it's not like there's a a blueprint to follow you know or uh I don't have somebody I can turn to and say hey you know I'm experiencing this kind of thing what advice can you give me you know i I don't know someone like that i don't have anyone like that you know um like mentorship you know it doesn't exist in my life it never really has actually i've always kind of flown by the seat of my pants you know if i wanted something done if i had a vision for something i usually just had to like you know start doing it you know Kind of like this podcast. I mean, it's it's really that's really the truth, you know. I mean, when you think about it, because I do, um, like with this podcast, I'm not really talking about anything that's really really important, you know. I just kind of talk. There's there's no form or no path. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Uh, I guess the closest thing to mentorship I would have would be, you know, watching other podcasts. But, you know, even then, I, I don't know, I'm off into my own thing, you know, and the only way that I would ever, you know, (laughs) do something like this, you know, get it to this level, which is small, but the only way that I would get it here is just by starting, you know, to start to do it, you know, maybe that's what I'm talking about today. Like if you want something done, like if you have a vision, you, you're the person listening to this, you, I'm talking to you. You know, if you have this vision in your mind of something that you want done or a thing you want to do, and we're not just talking bucket list kind of stuff. I'm talking about day to day things, you know, maybe a dream you have you know, something you aspire to in the back of your mind. You don't really tell everybody about it, but in your mind, you kind of think, man, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that, or I would like to do this. i like to do that. Right? Well, I'm here to tell you, you know, just from personal experience, start doing it, just start doing it, you know, like in a small way, you know, start with small steps, but don't wait, you know, don't, don't hesitate too much. Life is short, you know? and uh, follow that path, you know, follow that calling in your mind. Even if the rest of the world doesn't really understand it, even if the rest of the world doesn't really understand you, they might think they do, because a lot of people are like that with me, you know? They think that they understand what I'm all about and they only have their past experiences with other people or movies they've watched or whatever stereotypes they can come up with you know they it's all they have to you know base their judgments on you know uh, I can give you a good example of that you know I've released a lot of music in the past you know and uh, a lot of people come back at me with you know it sounds a lot like Pink Floyd or it reminds me of Pink Floyd you know and know that's a compliment and everything like thank you but you know there's a lot more going on here than just pink floyd you know i'm actually not a huge pink floyd fan i like their music you know a lot of the time but that's a whole separate podcast anyway people can only associate uh, with what they already know (laughs) you know what i mean so someone here is one of my ambient pieces of music or something and it'll remind them of pink floyd because that's the reference they have but there are other people who will listen to what i'm doing and they'll you know cite other groups that they hear in my music like young gods uh you know there's i mean there's so much more going on uh you know m- my history of music and listening to music because i'm a fan of music You know, I listen to a lot of music and, you know, I like groups like The Verve and um, The The. I love them a lot, Uh, of course The Mission UK, of course U2, you know, um, man, but the list is long. There's so much music that, you know, I can hear in my own music. But the point I'm making is that when I talk to people like normal people, you know, a lot of the time they um, will only be able to associate what they know with what they're hearing in my music and you know what does that mean it just means that everything is really kind of like subjective and, and someone may listen to my music and you know kind of come up with a you know an idea of what they think I'm all about or whatever what I'm really like or something and um, That's okay, you know, I don't mind that, but a lot of the time it's probably not very accurate, you know, and uh, and I would readily admit that, you know, not a rock star, you know, uh, not a super talent, kind of silly, kind of a silly guy, uh, kind of irresponsible, maybe, you know, but uh, I'm dedicated and I'm single-minded and I try really hard and I'm self-taught. So that speaks to my personality. Now, doesn't it right when someone has taken enough interest in something to teach themselves how to do it and, uh, you know, for all my idiosyncrasies and flaws and, you know, however, substandard, some of my recordings or works are whatever compared to, you know, professional, trained studio engineers and things like that. Hey, you know what? I taught myself how to do all of it, right? So it can't be too hard on myself. You know, there's something to be said for that. Proud of that, you know? Um, yeah, just kind of rambling today, aren't I? <laughs> I am uh, sitting here just... <laughs> Just talking, just talking, man. Um, Sorry if it's boring the hell out of you. You know, I'm trying my best here (laughs) to give you something to think about today. My philosophical drop, you know. Um, I suppose it would be fair to say that, you know, I'm guilty of doing the same thing, you know. Like uh, when I see other people doing something, you know, I associate what I know, you know, with what they're doing. And uh, I'll give you an example of that once. There was this guy I was watching, a friend of mine actually was interviewing him and he was a guitar player or he is a guitar player who does like acoustic guitar, you know, solo, uh, you know, music. Uh, he, he makes CDs by himself. He makes music by himself, but it's guitar. Centered. And uh, this friend of mine was interviewing him, and she was playing some of his music, you know. And I could tell by listening to what I heard him do that he had at least listened to this guitar player named David Sylvian. I could tell by what I was hearing. So I asked this guy, you know, because it was like a, a Facebook kind of thing. I asked this guy in the comment section if he had listened to David Sylvian, and he was like, oh, you know, absolutely, he's a huge influence on me. I thought that was kind of funny. I could tell. Um, I suppose that's kind of cool, you know, My, uh, my tastes are broad, you know, and I've listened to a lot of music, you know, there's a lot of bad music, too. Did you ever notice that? There's really a lot of bad music. Some of it's mine. <laughs> but, you know, some of it's good, too. There's a lot of good music out there. You know? Isn't it great? Isn't it a great experience to listen to a great song? I mean, do you ever think about that when you're listening to something? Like, this song is so good. You know, it's, it just is a great thing, isn't it? To take in something through the ears. A sensory thing that brings joy or happiness to you on the inside, that happens, you know, to think about that. It happens a lot too. In your lifetime and in my lifetime, it's happened a lot. Let's pause for a moment and be thankful for that, huh? That we can hear and listen to things, you know, we can hear voices and sounds and we can hear great music, you know? I suppose I'll be thinking about that today as I get back to work, because I need to. You know, it's that time of day, folks. It's that time I got to get to work. I have so much stuff to do today. Let's see, what do I have to do today? Well, okay. I'm working on three songs right now, simultaneously. And all three of them are very different. actually, you know, (laughs) I've got a story for you. I've got a story for you. Oh my gosh. This happened just the other day. Okay. I'm in my studio, and what I was doing was something I do from time to time where, you know, I'm working on different songs, and I'll save, okay, to the computer, you know, I'll save in a file the session that I'm working on, you know, as a backup in case uh, I change my mind about something, you know, it's, just, it's good to do, you know, redundancy, Uh, With the digital realm is a necessity. Okay, it's very important I've learned that over time by having lost, you know whole volumes of work because I didn't back them up properly So, you know, I'm in my studio backing things up, you know going through certain things. I want to make sure I have a copy of and um, oh My gosh, I was so I don't know what happened, okay? I mean, I really thought, okay, I really thought I was paying attention. I mean, I was really focused and really trying to pay attention. And somehow in the course of this process of backing up a handful of my songs, I thought I had backed one of them up, and I hadn't, and I accidentally deleted the session, okay, gone, okay, and unfortunately it was for that song The War Drums of Peace, yeah, you know, I was pretty happy with that track, and it was one of those things that I was kind of precious about, I mean, I really liked it, you know, I thought it came out much better than I thought it would have, and gone, in an instant, gone now fortunately for me i had you know backed up earlier versions of that song and uh you know i back everything up you know i back everything up so i was able to call up all the sessions and all the things i needed all the wave files everything i needed to restore that track you know that session back to what it was so you know problem solved no harm no foul But, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm still kinda just so disappointed with myself. You know, like how did that happen, you know? Um, And uh, you know, there's that feeling of panic, you know, right when you realize that you just erased something that you need or that, you know, you just, you lost something, you know, by your own hand, you know? Like, did I just do that? Like, oh my gosh. Please tell me I didn't do that. Please tell me I didn't just erase that. Oh my gosh, I erased it. What the hell is going on? Man, I'll tell you what, I'm still ruminating about it. Even though the problem is solved. It's like my level of disappointment in myself is such where, you know, I'm still thinking about it. And you know what? I'm going to embrace that, right? I'm going to embrace that disappointment. I'm going to feel it. And I'm going to experience it, right? Like I would my happiness, my sadness or whatever. Take in the experience, hopefully learn from it, right? And man, don't make that mistake again. But you know what? I will. I will. I'm a human being. I'm a flawed guy, not perfect. And man, do I really mess up sometimes. And that's all right. It's all right, because sometimes I really get it right, too. Right. So hopefully you do, too. Anyway, um, yeah, like I said, back to work today. But, you know, hey, y'all have a good weekend. Have some fun. Be safe. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. Okay, all you happy innovators, those of you who decided to stick around to the end of this podcast, I got a little surprise for you today, an idea that I hatched a couple days ago. Um, I'm going to share with you two different things today. I'm going to share with you um, this thing I used to do called the interesting actual. Okay, I have one of these I'm going to share with you. They're very short. It's a video uh, slash poetry, like a video poem that I was doing for a while. And um, this one I'm going to share with you today is called What Do They Mean to Me? And it was a pretty good poem, I thought, you know, it was one of those things I liked. I like it even more now when I listen to it. So I'll let you check that out. And then immediately after that, I'll have for you Um, actually a throwback to uh, my podcast from the earlier days. Before it was called the Singularity Podcast, I called it Snowflake 33. That was what I started with when I first started doing podcasting. And um, uh, when it was Snowflake 33, I did 33 episodes, okay? And uh, it was like a test run just to kind of see how it would go and see what it would develop into because from day one, this podcast has been open-ended and I had no idea what I was doing. So um, uh, when it was still Snowflake 33, I had done an experiment with uh, describing some of the albums that I made. And uh, I did, as far as I can remember, I did four album descriptions. I did the PC3 Clouds album. I did Ad Astra 1, Ad Astra 2, ad astra three and then like in the future on the singularity podcast i'm probably going to give you a description of the pc1 wilderness album the pc1 division album maybe i'll do that like next or something um then i also have pipe choir uh self-titled debut and i have the pipe choir eskons album and uh, probably I would imagine in the future when I finish this project that I'm working on right now, these two separate albums simultaneously, um, I'll probably do a description of those two. But anyway, I digress. The point I'm making is that immediately after that interesting actual, you'll hear, uh, I'll give you an old episode of Snowflake 33. So you can listen to that and check it out and um, maybe get an idea of how my brain works a little bit. You know, you get to hear about my process a little bit with uh, the PC3 Clouds album. And um, and we'll see where it goes from there. You know, we'll see if people like it. And uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy uh, the interesting actual first, what do they mean to me, and then Right after that, uh, an old episode of Snowflake 33, and me talking about the PC3 Clouds album. So here we go. Take it easy, everybody.
1: Cerulean flesh. Their Viridian hushed by burning numbers.
0: Hello there everybody, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records and today I'm going to give you a description of the PC3 CD entitled Clouds. Now, I have over the years accumulated a huge amount of cassette tapes and one day I was going through these cassette tapes just to see what I had and see what was in there It had been years since I'd even looked at them. And I found this tape that had a name written on it. And the name was Galactic Central Point. And that was a name that I was planning on using for a pipe choir side project (laughs) that I was doing back in like 19... 90 or something like that it was the first idea that was like a pc3 idea breaking away from the conventional songs and going off into some other direction something separate from what i had been doing up until that point so i decided to call it galactic central point and i think i got the name from like you know, Nova or something, or National Geographic, they had mentioned that there was this point in outer space that the universe revolved around. And I just thought that concept was like so cool and such a weird and interesting series of words, galactic central point. So that was the name I chose for this side project that I was going to do. Okay, but what's weird is I have this cassette tape, right? And the name is written on the tape, but it's somebody else's handwriting. It's not my handwriting. And uh, when I popped the cassette tape in to listen to it, there were like four or five tracks on this cassette tape. And what they were were just these really simple keyboard lines that I had recorded there were yeah there were like 5 of them and they were all very similar I could tell that I did them all at once I pressed play and record on my boombox that I was recording directly into and just did one idea waited a little bit and then started another idea and then waited a little bit etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was all done in one breath but this is like back in 1990 or 91. And I had completely forgotten that I had done that. And I played it for my wife, and I listened to it for maybe like a few days, like just, wow, this is is good. I mean, I can't believe it. So I decided that what I was gonna do was go back into each one of these ideas on this cassette tape and I would redo all the ideas. I would kind of like give each one of them a facelift and rethink them and and make them complete songs. And I decided what I would also do is make them each about 15 minutes long. I was making a lot of music at that time that was 15 minutes long for a few months. So each track would be 15 minutes long And it's it's about the length of time that a cloud would take to go across the sky. That's probably in there too. So that's what I started to do. I started to make the songs from this cassette tape finished PC3 ideas. It was clear at this point I could get away with doing instrumental music. Uh, There was an audience for it. So it just happened to be like kismet. Everything kind of came together. Now at the same time that this happened, okay? um, Okay, there's another aspect to this whole story, but I'm gonna get to that later. First, I'm going to talk about the cover art and those things, and we'll get that out of the way. Okay, Um, so when you look at the CD, the very first thing you see is a picture of clouds And uh, what I can tell you really quick about that is it is the same sky from the inside of Ad Astra 2, but it's just the sky. The ground is cropped out. Um, I have this weird kind of habit, and it's kind of laughable in some ways, but whenever I have a camera in my hand and I'm outside, I have a tendency to photograph clouds. Clouds are something that I... I've always found to be uh, fascinating and beautiful. To me anyway, they're so majestic and they're so massive and they're moving so gracefully across the sky, so slowly. And um, I guess I've always kind of felt that, you know, most of the time we go through life looking at the ground, we're dealing with what's in front of us and uh There's something intriguing to me and there's something notable about looking up at these beautiful things that are there all the time. It might sound a little corny, but I don't care because I look at the clouds a lot and I'm inspired by them a lot. So this idea of making a CD called Clouds was probably just a matter of time. So like I was saying with the front cover, open the booklet up and the front cover and the back cover are all one picture from the Quabbin Reservoir, and uh, it really has a lot of meaning to me. The Quabbin Reservoir was a very happy place for my wife and I when the picture was taken. So when you open up the booklet on the inside, there's another picture of clouds, and that picture was taken at Arlington Cemetery I lived in DC. My wife and I did. We lived there for one year and when we decided to move there one of the main reasons we wanted to was because we wanted to be able to visit the mall area as much as we could and it was fantastic. It was the best thing to do because we both love that area and we both are inspired by those kinds of things i guess and uh every time that we had been there and we had been there several times together and separately or whatever uh, when we were younger every time we went to the mall area in dc we were always in a hurry and we had to leave we had to go on to the next thing because everything was on a timeline we didn't really have the chance to really take it all in and really get to see everything that we wanted to see. So when we did decide to move there for a year, one of the reasons was we wanted to be able to go there a lot and see everything that we could see and not have to hurry and, and go there frequently. Sometimes just go there to go there and hang out. And that's exactly what we did. And it was fantastic. It was just so much fun and so great, just such a great thing to do. A weird thing to do, I would imagine, to some people, but you know, for my wife and I, it was really important to do because we love our country. (laughs) You know, we love America, and we we love the history, and we love the monuments, and we love that kind of stuff. It's it's uh, not lost on us. We're not too cool for it. You know. Um. So, uh, this picture on the inside of the. Cloud's CD is taken on the escalator at Arlington Cemetery. Now, it's really kind of weird and kind of cool. When you come out of the metro station at Arlington Cemetery, there's an escalator there and you get on the escalator to go above ground to the cemetery. So when you're going up this escalator, it opens to the sky, to the open air. And as you can't see the ground from the angle you're at, all you can see is the sky. So I'm going up this escalator one time with the camera in my hand. And of course there's clouds there. So I start snapping pictures as I'm going up this escalator. And uh, that's what you see on the inside of the Clouds CD. It reminds me of that time. It was really just such a wonderful way to spend your time was going to the Lincoln Memorial, you know, for no good reason. We grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, so this was not something that we had a lot of opportunity to do when we were growing up. It was just great for us. And that's what I remember when I see that picture. Uh, And that's why I chose those two pictures for this CD. Um, What you have on the actual CD disk face is this weird kind of swirl of clouds that I did in Adobe once back when I was first learning how to use Photoshop. It was like one of the first things I did. I took a picture of actually now that I'm (laughs) now that I'm looking at it, what it is is a picture taken from an airplane. My wife and I were on our way to Pensacola, Florida. We went there more than once actually i think it was taken uh yeah okay this picture on the inside cd uh tray and the cd itself is taken from an airplane on our way to pensacola for the turn of the millennium we went to pensacola to be on the beach when 1999 turned into 2000 and that's when this picture was taken And uh, when I got home, I threw it into Adobe, like I have with all the millions of other cloud pictures I've taken, and I just started to play around with it. And when I started to assemble clouds, I found this file, and I thought, oh, you know, it's kind of cool looking, and I'm going to go right ahead and use that too. So there you go, turn of the millennium. That's what the CD disk face is, and that's what the tray is behind it. Yeah, that's what that is. See, I forgot about that. Now I remember. That's the good thing about doing these descriptions, is like I said, I I forget stuff. And it's a lot of fun to go back and try to remember, and be reminded with all this stuff. It's good. Good to do. So, then you take the disc and you flip it over, and you have a picture taken (laughs) of a single cloud. One little puff of cloud. I thought that was a pretty cool picture when I took it. I still do. I think it was funny. The weird thing about it to me is that unaware to myself at the time, at least as far as I know, John Lennon and Yoko Ono released an album, The Plastic Ono Band, an album I never owned or had never seen before until recently but the cover of the album is very similar to the back side of the Clouds CD and that was not connected, at least as far as I can remember. And I thought that was kind of cool. A blue sky with this little puff of cloud, right in the middle of it. Okay, so that's the cover art. Oh, and really quick, I can describe the the logo. This album, Clouds, was the first time I used the new PC3 logo, and that logo is cool because the antennas on the side of the logo come from Astra, which is the avatar that I use for Pipe Choir Records. And when I was making the Astra avatar, it was something I wanted to do for a long time, and I finally sat down and put it together. So, you look at that little icon, it doesn't look like much, but a lot of time and a lot of thought went into that. And I really got what I wanted out of that little face logo. And uh, when I started to put together clouds, I decided I would take some elements of the Astra avatar and incorporate them into the PC3 logo. And I, you know, I'm always playing around with art and things like that. It's something I do a lot. So even just for fun and for no good reason, I'll be, you know, playing around with some kind of idea and I'll put it aside and maybe I'll use it somewhere down the line. I had made an alternate logo to PC3, and this was one of them. I maybe made seven or eight different versions of the logo. And another cool thing I can talk about really quick, and I mention this in the description for At Astra 1 is I used to work at a print shop and the print shop that I worked at was called Carry, Print, and Copy. Okay. Carry, Print, and Copy. And the logo for the place that I worked was CPC. Well, I held on to this business card from where I used to work and, uh, It was probably the best job I've ever had. The boss that I had was hands down the best boss that I've ever had. I loved him almost like a father. And I got to work with my best friend at the time. So it was just him and I working there. We were the only two employees and my boss and his wife were just, they were just very good to me and they were very good to my buddy too and it was a happy place to work. And at the time that Clouds came out, I was notified that my former boss had passed away, and uh, that made me very sad. I hadn't seen him in a long time or talked to him in a long time, and I felt really bad when he died. Well, I came across this old business card that I had kept from where I used to work, and on this business card, which I'll show you, here on the screen. (laughs) Um, I decided to take the logo from where I used to work and make it my logo now. So that's what you have with the P and the C. They came directly off of the business card from where I used to work as a tribute to this boss that I had and his wife too. Um, These two people that I cared a great deal about and have a lot of affection for, even all these years later. Um, So every time I see that logo now, I think about him because uh, he still is important to me, even though he's not alive anymore. He reminds me of how you should be if you're the boss. Um, You know, uh, well-humored, lenient, understanding, just a great guy. So, he gets yanked into this whole story now, doesn't he? Good. He lives on through me. Yeah, so that's the PC3 logo. A little bit of a story there. Now, so we get on to the music now that I've described the artwork. I'll talk to you now about the music. I mentioned earlier that I had found that cassette tape, it was called Galactic Central Point. It was my music, but with someone else's handwriting on the tape, so I don't have any idea what that's all about. But I found this tape, I I liked the music, I decided to make this album, those songs I found on that tape, just stretched out for 15 minutes and updated with modern technology. And that's exactly what I did. Now, at the same time that I started to record this album, I started to have very serious health issues. Unforeseen, unexpected. All of a sudden, I'm thrust into this. Okay, And the prognosis was bad. And without getting into too much detail, I'll just say that it was very bad for both me and my wife and this cloud (laughs) <laughs> it's true. This cloud of sadness came over our house and we couldn't sleep and we couldn't eat. It was like, you know, we're not old. I and mean, we're not young kids, but we're not old yet. And all of a sudden, uh this guy me who seems to be perfectly healthy is all of a sudden not and my wife and i were now having these conversations about uh what if how will we deal with this you know and it was horrible the feeling of fear and sadness was palpable and this is all happening right at the same time i'm starting this process of recording this music um you know One of the hardest things that I've ever had to do was record this music while being consumed by this fear and this worry. It was like so hard to focus and sit down and work every day. And especially because this music was so emotional. And uh, it probably sounds funny now. I mean, it is to me even a little bit, but it was so difficult. I can't stress that enough. It was really something else. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Anyway, I decided that I would refer to each song as a cloud. So the first piece of music is cloud number one. And maybe I'll play you a little clip of that demo version of cloud number one right here. Cloud number one is entitled My Best and Only Friend. And that song is a direct communication from me to my wife, I guess, kind of informed by this extreme sadness and fear that she was going to be left alone and that I was going to leave her. So it was very, uh, It was very profound, for lack of a better word, it was was just a very direct communication to her about how I feel about her. And the title is true, she really is my best and only friend. I have a lot of acquaintances, I have a lot of people who say they are my friends, and I've had a lot of people who said they were my friends and they absolutely were not, but She's the only one that has stuck by me through everything. When I was smart, when I was stupid, when I was successful, when I failed, she was there for everything. And now I was seriously looking down the barrel of my mortality. And at least it seemed that way. And she was too. And it was horrible. It was horrible. So that's my best and only friend. It's for her. She's cloud number one. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So then as cloud number one, my best and only friend rolls by. Then we go to cloud number two. And cloud number two is entitled Where the River Bends. And I think I'll go right ahead and play you a clip of cloud number two, the demo version right here. And the reason that i called it where the river bends uh there's that concept of like flowing down a stream that we have no control over and we're hitting a turn and we can't see around the bend we don't know what's coming we can't stop we're going in this direction and this was when uh my issues were first kind of being dealt with They were being measured and photographed and x-rayed and all these things were happening. All these pictures were being taken, this assessment of what the problem was. Another thing that I can mention about Where the River Bends is that when you look at the running time for this track on the CD, it's about 10 minutes and 40 seconds long. And the rest of the tracks on the CD are about 15. And the only reason that it's that way is because the CD can only accept about 70 to 72 minutes of music. And when you have five songs at 15 minutes, it goes over a little bit. So I had to make a decision about one of the tracks being trimmed down, which I really didn't want to do, but I had no choice until they make a CD that goes longer than 72 minutes, I'm out of luck. So uh, even though this is technically an EP, there are only five tracks on this disc, it went well over an hour. (laughs) So cloud number two was ultimately the one that I chose to uh, go right ahead and trim down just a little bit. Uh, Not for any particular reason. I mean, it could have been uh, really any of the other pieces of music on the disc. But I kind of felt like I didn't want it to be cloud number one, and I didn't want it to be cloud number five that got trimmed down. And, I don't know, there's no real reason, it's just that's the one that got picked. So, when you look at the disc, if you buy it, and you notice that that's shorter, sorry about that, there is a 15 minute version of the song that you can download online. So that's that. Sorry about that. Anyway, so cloud number two floats by and we have cloud number three, which is entitled Only God Decides. And I'll go right ahead and I'll play you a small section of uh, cloud number three right here. And the reason that I called it that was because this was the phase of this whole situation where they were coming up with the answer. The initial prognosis had been made, the photographs and the x-rays had been taken. Now they were coming to the conclusion and this was when that process started. So. I was in this situation where only God would decide what was going to happen. It was going to be, uh, in God's hands. And it was so cloud number three, only God decides. Rolls by cloud number four comes along and I think I'll play you a little section of cloud number four the cassette tape version that I talked about right here. And this is where the answers were definitive and the prognosis was final. I was going to be okay. And the name of cloud number four is still living alive. Uh, Three very important words to me at that time. Still living alive. Um, I think that's self-explanatory. I don't think I need to go into too much more about that. And uh, so cloud number four rolls by. And then you have cloud number five. Now cloud number five was not on the cassette tape that I found. It was, however, a cassette tape from a session a long time ago. If it wasn't the last paid recording session that I did before I started to record myself at home, It was one of the last. So I'll go right ahead and play you a little clip of that cassette tape version of it right here. Cloud number 5 is entitled PCGCP because I was trying to reel in um, a little bit of that early cassette tape idea, that that name Galactic Central Point that I had forgotten about and I thought it was a cool name and uh, I thought it would be appropriate to pull it into this new project and that's what I did and I have PCGCP which stands for Pipe Choir's Galactic Central Point. And not because I think I'm the center of the universe, okay? It was because of that cassette tape. And I thought that it was a bit of a mouthful to have this huge sentence. So I decided to break it down into an acronym. PCGCP. Pipe Choir's Galactic Central Point. And so that was track number five. I should say also, um, when I made Clouds, it was really kind of an experiment, like I wasn't expecting it to do well. And what was kind of a pleasant surprise after I wound up releasing the, the music, it did really well. In fact, the track My Best and Only Friend wound up doing very well. And I don't really know why it was that one, but I'll take it. Um, My audience snapped it up pretty quick. So thank you for that. Anybody who's ever listened to my music or downloaded it or used it in a video or anything like that, thank you. Thank you for listening to it and using it. That concludes my description of Clouds. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And I got to say, this whole album description thing really is uh, a good thing to do. So if you're an artist or musician out there listening to this, I highly recommend doing it. Go back through your old stuff and, and remember, you know, remember why you were doing it and what it means. It's really a good thing to do. So that's it for right now. This is Mike Bostwick from... Pipe Choir Records, signing off for now. And remember folks, if you wanna keep what you've got, you've gotta give it away. Take it easy.